Good afternoon, everyone. On the update this Wednesday, it's a stunning exit from the most unexpected of places. As Police Commissioner Keechan Sewell is stepping down after a ne- nearly a year and a half on the job. We'll have the latest available details. The intimate, funny, sad musical Kimberly Akimiwo nudged aside more splashier rivals to win the best new musical crown at the Tony Awards. On a night when Broadway flexed its muscle in the face of the writer's strike and fully embraced trans rights with history-making winners. Drew Smith has now become the second Met pitcher to get ejected this season for using an illegal foreign substance when he was tossed from the Subway Series opener against the Yanks. And Nikola Gokic guided the Nuggets to their first title in team history as the Nuggets overcame dreadful shooting and a late flurry from uh, Miami's Jimmy Butler to uh, give to squeeze past the heat for a win. This is the update on Flag Day, Wednesday, June the 14th, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, this is the update of Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Wednesday. Happy hump day to all of you out there. We're literally smack dab in the middle, we're smack dab in the middle of the month of June. Yes, that's right, we made it. We're about a week to go from the official start of summer, too, so, you know, we're just rolling right along the good news, and especially not long after we survived the uh, onslaught of the air from Canada. So that's always worth celebrating, right? Might be celebratory enough, to, you know, to actually try to break out the good wine. Heck, that's actually what we might, what we might do after, <laughs> after the proceedings are over today. In the meantime, currently, I'm Brandon Julian, of course, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you personally may be, and however you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We are going to begin this Wednesday with uh, a resignation from probably one of the most unexpected people you could possibly imagine. Yes, that's right. The police commissioner, Keechan Sewell, is stepping down after 18 months on the job. She, of course, is the first woman to ever leave this department. She announced her resignation in an email to department staff on Monday, writing, quote, while my time here will come to a close, I will never step away from advocacy and support for the NYPD. Mayor Adams confirmed the move in a statement and thanked Sewell for her, quote, steadfast leadership. She took over, of course, as commissioner when Adams became mayor in January of last year.
on to some of the other news of this Wednesday. And up in Boston, there's an attorney for a New Jersey lawyer that's been charged in connection with a series of sexual assaults in Boston about 15 years ago. That attorney now says his client is expected to post bail. Matthew Neela was not present in the Boston courtroom Monday, but his attorney, Joseph Catalano, told the judge that Neela was prepared to post half a million dollars in bond. The amount set last week when he pleaded not guilty to three counts of aggravated rape, two counts of kidnapping, and other charges. The charges against Nilo stem from four attacks that happened in Boston's Charlestown neighborhood from August of 2007 through December of 2008. He, of course, has pleaded not guilty. In Washington, in a national first, the city of New York is going to implement a minimum pay rate for app-based food delivery workers. The new rule could triple, nearly triple advantage, the average, I should say, the average earnings for workers on apps like Uber Eats and DoorDash over the next few years. According to the city, New York's more than 60,000 delivery workers currently make an average of about $7.09 an hour. But on July 12th, an increased pay rate of $17.96 an hour will take effect. Now, that minimum wage is set to rise to $19.96 by April of 2025, according to the city. Labor organizers are applauding the move, which comes amid the nationwide calls for better pay and improved working conditions for gig workers. They note that further protections, though, are definitely needed. Meanwhile, Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub have pushed back on the new rule. The author Elizabeth Gilbert is delaying publication of a novel set in Russia after what she said was an outpouring of, quote, anger, sorrow, disappointment, and pain from Ukrainian users. Ukrainian readers, I should say. She said that they objected to releasing any work about Russia amid that country's invasion, of course, of Ukraine. Gilbert's is the Snow Forest was based in Siberia and billed as a dramatic story about a girl living in the wilderness and of the, the mystical connection between humans and the natural world. The book had been scheduled to come out next February. A Riverhead book spokesperson confirmed that it had been postponed indefinitely. The head of the free expression organization Pan America called Gilbert's decision well-intentioned, but also regrettable. In case you didn't know, the Tony Awards were over the weekend, and there was plenty of uncertainty in the run-up, which at one point seemed unlikely to happen even at all due to the writer's strike. But the ceremony went off without a hitch. The event was scriptless, in fact, to honor a compromise with said striking writers. But it was just chock full of high-spirited Broadway performances drawing raucous cheers from an audience, clearly thrilled just to be there at all. It was a night of triumph for the small but huge-hearted musical Kimberly Akimbo, about a teenager with a rare aging disease, but also a night notable for inclusion. Two non-binary performers made history by winning their acting categories.
Janelle Prokops, I should say, her 20-year tenure as president and CEO of the Apollo Theater evolved into an era of prosperity and expansion, markedly different from the tumultuous cash-strapped decades that preceded it. Sure, of course, the early years, they were a struggle as the hub of the Harlem neighborhood dealt with financial difficulties and a shifting business model. However, when Proco steps down at the end of June, she will leave her successor, Michelle Ebanks, with nearly $80 million raised to complete a renovation and expansion of the historic theater by 2025. Monday Night Proco will be honored alongside hip-hop mogul Sean Diddy Combs and basketball superstar Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the Apollo's Spring Benefit for her service. J.P. Morgan Chase, they've announced a tentative settlement with the sex victims of financier Jeffrey Epstein, according to the bank they said Monday, uh, they, which had accused the bank, of course, of being the financial conduit that Epstein used to pay off his victims for several years. According to these lawsuits, J.P. Morgan provided Epstein loans and regularly allowed him to withdraw large sums of cash from 1998 through August of 2013, even though it knew about his sex trafficking practices. Uh, The bank, they said in a statement, that it now regretted any interaction that the bank had with with Epstein over the several years he was a J.P. Morgan client. The settlement, though, must still be approved by the actual judge in this case. Rachel Maddow now has something special for fans who appreciate her the occasional digressions into history on her weekly MSNBC show. It's Deja News, a podcast she's made with longtime producer Isaac Davi Aronson, that looks at historical incidents that can teach us lessons about current events. The first episode, released Monday, is about a 1934 riot outside the French Parliament building that has obvious parallels to the insurrection at the Capitol. It's uh, Maddow's third podcast project with a historical bent. Maddow is a year into her new schedule, which has her on TV one night a week instead of five. She says, quote, it has absolutely saved my life. Like we said about the Tonys, the intimate, funny, sad musical Kimberly Akimbo nudged aside more splashier rivals on Sunday to win the best new musical crown at the Tonys. It was a night, of course, as we just said, when Broadway flexed its muscle, and also in the face of the writer's strike and fully embraced trans rights with history-making winners. Victoria Clark, as the lead in the show, added a second Tony to her trophy case, having previously won one in 2005 for The Light in the Piazza. Earlier Tony Awards history was made when Alex Newell and Jay Harrison Gee became the first first non-binary people to win Tonys for acting. Up north, we're going to go over to Lockport officials there say one person has died and multiple people are in the hospital after a boat capsized during a tour of an underground cavern system built to carry water from the Erie Canal. Police and fire crews were called to the Lockport Cave tours at about 11.30 on Monday morning. Authorities say 29 people were aboard the boat when it flipped 
sending them into the water that's up to six feet deep. Authorities say 11 people were sent to local hospitals with minor injuries. The tours take visitors on an underground boat tour, a boat ride, I should say, that's illuminated only by small lights. The FTC, they've now sued to block Microsoft from completing its deal to buy video game company Activision Blizzard. The latest antitrust challenge to the proposed merger, but one that could hasten its conclusion. The FTC's Monday filing in a federal court in San Francisco seeks an injunction to stop Microsoft's $69 billion purchase of the California gaming company behind the hit franchises, of course, such as Call of Duty and World of Warcraft. Microsoft, maker of the Xbox game system, has been struggling to win worldwide approval for the deal with just over a month before the deadline to close it, according to the contract that it signed with Activision. If you like ice cream, you might be up for some ice cream that tastes like ranch dressing. Or maybe a creamy scoop of everything bagel. Like any culinary domain, of course, the world of ice cream, it just keeps on evolving. Food editors, they say in recent years, uh, they've seen an explosion of new flavor combos, unexpected ingredients, and new presentations from ice cream makers, both big and small. On the flavor front, there are floral ingredients like rose, orange blossom, lavender, and jasmine, and herbal notes like saffron and tarragon. There are also blends of sweet and savory. Salt and Straw in Oregon has a five-course Thanksgiving lineup featuring ice creams flavored like turkey bacon and jammy cranberry sauce. The world of non-dairy ice cream has also been getting lots of creative attention. Over in Hartford, in Connecticut, transgender and non-binary people are front and center at this year's Pride Festivals, where they've often been sidelined. Many celebrations this June are taking a public stand against legislation targeting transgender people. The parade here in the city this year is going to feature transgender grand marshals and a float with trans people of color. Pride in Hastings, Nebraska focused on trans victims of silence. A pride organizer in Reading, Pennsylvania says the march will be dedicated to the trans and drag, trans, drag performer communities. In Connecticut, restrictions on transgender people are not being proposed, but organizers of Middletown Pride still place a major focus on trans rights this year. Meanwhile, a federal judge says that a columnist who won a $5 million sexual abuse and defamation jury award against the former president can update a similar lawsuit in a bid for over $10 million more in damages from the ex-president. Judge Lewis Kaplan granted the request by writer E. Jean Carroll on yesterday. She made the request after a jury concluded last month that Trump sexually abused her in the spring of 1996 at a Manhattan luxury department store. The former president himself did not physically attend the trial. He repeated disparaging comments that he's made about Carroll after the trial. The lawyer then updated the still pending defamation lawsuit.
In other news, lawyers for a New Jersey doctor who sexually abused patients for their, they say their client, I should say, they say their client has faced threats and extortion from other inmates at a federal jail in Brooklyn where he's awaiting sentencing next month on federal charges. 64-year-old Robert Haddon could be sentenced to decades behind bars, but his lawyers say he should face no more than three years in prison. They say he hasn't committed a sex offense since he stopped practicing medicine in 2012 and is no threat to commit another crime. Sentencing is currently scheduled for July 24th, and the victims are set to testify at a hearing on the 28th in Manhattan Federal Court, where he was convicted back in January. Prosecutors themselves, so far, they have declined to comment. And finally, folks... Um, a federal judge is going to once again consider a court takeover of this city's troubled jail system. The move follows reporting by a federal monitor that found that the leadership of Rikers Island has repeatedly sought to suppress the information about detainee deaths and injuries. A federal judge said yesterday that the findings left her, quote, shaken and ordered lawyers to start discussing a potential structure of a receivership. If approved, the receivership would end the city's control over the nation's second-largest jail system. The judge also ordered the city to notify the monitor immediately anytime someone dies or suffers a serious injury in custody, rebuking jail officials for flouting reporting requirements put in place following a 2015 federal consent decree. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Wednesday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Gonna talk some sports and talk about how Drew Smith has now been the second Met ejects off. This time against the Yankees in this Subway series. Apparently, one woman is is unschooling their kids. Why she won't teach them to read and write. The world is apparently their playground, and also their teacher. And then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. Down in Miami, the former president pleaded not guilty to those federal charges, alleging that he hoarded classified documents detailing sensitive military secrets and schemed to thwart the government efforts to get them back. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update Brandon Julian returns in just a moment. From New York, why would you go anywhere else? This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. What does the chicken say? Uh, chicken. Oh, okay. Uh, 
Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for traffic and weather together. Beginning Monday, May 15th at 5 a.m. through Monday, July 3rd, there will be delays and service changes on the B, D, F, and M trains because of switch replacement work near West 4th Street, Washington Square. Uptown commutes are scheduled to take an additional two minutes. There will be one fewer F train during the morning rush, with two fewer F trains and one fewer M train during the afternoon rush. In addition, F Express trains will not be running. On three weekends between Friday, May 26th and Monday, June 19th, there'll be no Uptown D and F trains along the 6th Avenue line. Uptown D trains will run on the C line between West 4th Street and 145th Street. And Uptown F trains will run on the E line between West 4th Street and Jackson Heights, Roosevelt Avenue. Uptown A and C trains will run express between Canal Street and 145th Street. For Skip stations use a downtown D or F train. Between 11.45 p.m. on Friday, May 13th and 5 a.m. on Monday, May 15th, Uptown D trains will run local between Broadway Lafayette Street and 4750th Street's Rockefeller Center. And for two weekends, Monday, May 20th to the 22nd, and Friday, June 30th to Monday, July 3rd, Uptown F trains will run express between Broadway Lafayette Street and 4750th Street's Rockefeller Center. Weeknight reroutes will happen between April 24th and July 14th. Work will also occur for two weeks between June 5th and June 16th. Between 9.30 p.m. and 5 a.m. on those nights, A and C trains will run express between 145th Street and Canal Street. D trains will operate via the A and F lines between 59th Street Columbus Circle and Coney Island Stillwell Avenue. 
F trains will run local between 21st Street, Queensbridge and Coney Island, running via the N and R lines in Manhattan and via the D line in Brooklyn. Free shuttle buses will run between West 4th Street and Grand Street on the D line and between West 4th Street and East Broadway on the F line. Beginning Friday, May 12th at 11.45 p.m., the Manhattan-bound seven train platforms at 111th Street and 82nd Street, Jackson Heights, will be closed 24-7 to make station upgrades. For service to these stations, take a Flushing-bound 7 train and transfer, or you can use the Q32 or Q48 buses. Beginning at 10 p.m. on Sunday, February 26th until August, Jamaica Centerbound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street Elderts Lane and Woodhaven Boulevard 24-7 because of station rehabilitation work. During rush hours beginning February 27th, skip-stop service is not running from Jamaica Center Parsons Archer to Crescent Street. Trains will make local stops instead. For alternate service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, and 3 trains and the F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between these trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 select bus service, pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So in the latest edition of the Subway Series, 
the Mets and the Yankees have been going at it. The Mets and Yankees, by the way, have not had good at 2023 so far. Yanks so far, they're without Aaron Judge after he suffered that toe injury. Mets have just had a disappointing season, uh, period. There's no other way to get around that. And in the, the first edition of the Subway Series, Drew Smith became the second Met pitcher to get ejected this year for using an allure in legal foreign substance when he was tossed from the opener. The reliever never even threw a pitch in that game. Uh, he was checked by umpires as he ended the game in the top of the seventh. The Mets trailed seven to six, and he never made it to the actual mound. Smith was stopped for a routine check as he reached the infield. Moments later, he was ejected by first base umpire Bill Miller, who's also the crew chief. Max Scherzer, who started uh, last night for the Mets, also served the 10-game suspension after being ejected back on April 19th at Dodger Stadium for having an illegal sick, sticky substance on his pitching hand. Now it's likely that Drew Smith will suffer the same fate. Meanwhile, former big league home run, home run champion Luke Voigt signed a minor league contract with the Mets and will report to AAA Syracuse. Voigt, age 32, hit 221 with a 284 on base percentage, a 265 slugging percentage, zero homers, and four RBIs in 22 games with the Brewers, which designated him for assignment back on May 29th. He had three extra base hits, all doubles, in 74 plate appearances. He hadn't played for the Brewers since the 13th of May. He went on the injured list two days later with a neck issue and had been hitting 259 with a 444 on base percentage. From the diamond, let's go out to the ice. Because the Rangers in the offseason, they've hired Peter Lavolette as their next head coach. He replaces Gerard Gallant. Uh, who mutually parted ways with the team after first-round playoff exit. The Rangers announced the selection of Lavalette yesterday. He takes over with the original six franchise in win-now mode after two consecutive trips to the playoffs. Veteran coach won the Stanley Cup with the Hurricanes in 2006 has taken two other teams to the finals as well. Lavalette has spent the last three seasons coaching the Washington Capitals. And finally, uh, Mike Breen. We all know him and love him if you watch the NBA. He's the dean of TV announcers for the NBA for the NBA Finals. And he's about to enter rarefied airspace. The ESPN ABC announcer re reached another milestone Monday night in Game 5 of the Finals between the Heat and the Nuggets. It'll be Breen's, it was Breen's, I should say, 100th NBA Finals broadcast, marking him the third base basketball announcer on radio or TV to reach that mark. Uh, he'll be the, he was the sixth U.S. play-by-play voice, including the World Series and, of course, the Stanley Cup Finals. Many of us know him around here, of course, as the TV voice of, of course, those New York Knickerbockers. Now, folks, when we return on the update this Wednesday, the whole world is apparently their playground, and their teacher is too. One woman is unschooling their kids 
why she won't teach them to read and write. Uh, and then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. Out in the American West in Seattle, Amazon's cloud computing unit, Amazon Web Services, experienced an outage affecting publishers that suddenly found themselves unable to operate their sites. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update Brandon Julian returns after, of course, these messages. From New York, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your husband is? This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're live here outside the Perez family home, just waiting for the... And there they go, almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but Mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like Mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Bajan Common Sense. Bajan Common Sense. Anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of June for us around here. It's also Flag Day around here. Uh, Thank you so much, of course, folks, for uh, still being here with us as we roll right along on the road. Yes, I definitely said on the road to summer. One week away, less than a week away, if you truly think about it. (laughs) Uh, You know, folks, many of us take reading and writing uh, for granted around here, especially if you grew up in the public education system. Well, there's one woman who's not teach who's going to teach not teaching their kids to read and write. The world is their playground, apparently, and their teacher. Adele and Matt Allen are raising their three children with child autonomy, allowing their kids to set their own curriculum, bedtimes, menus, meal times, and chore lists. All right, shouldn't all of us be so lucky? The Allens, who live in Brighton over in the UK, fully embrace the unconventional parenting style that aligns with their frugal and natural living habits. Adele told Caters, quote, We got into natural living before we had our kids, so it just became a natural progression that continued and began to affect all of our decisions after I fell pregnant. 
The parents, who are both 39 years old, don't trust the healthcare or education systems and have allowed their children, Ulysses, age 12, Osatra, age 8, and Kai, age 4, to make their own choices from a very young age. The mother three revealed, we don't, quote, we didn't do vaccinations for our kids, which people say is cruel of us, and we don't use the healthcare system. Instead, we use natural and herbal remedies. All of the children were breastfed until they were at least three, which the parents believe has given the kids, quote, a good healthy foundation to become, quote, healthier in the future. Quote, we also don't use the education system. Instead, we unschool our kids. This means they have to show an interest in something for us to explore with them, instead of following a curriculum and telling them what they're going to learn. She said that the chop. She said, there we go. <laughs> she said that the couple, quote, believe in child autonomy and enabling kids to take governance of their life, make their own choices, and decide what goes on in their life rather than dictating to them. But defended her health, her lifestyle living, her lifestyle, I should say, explaining that, quote, this doesn't mean no guidance, it's just about involving them uh, in the decisions. The Allens don't believe that parents should decide what their children do and instead allow their children to find what makes them happy and follow their lead. Adele claims she's already seen the benefits of her family's practices in the interests that her children are finding. Uh, her daughter, Osatra, expressed an interest in sewing, so she's holding that school with, while her eldest, Ulysses, is currently exploring his passion for animals and computers. Adele says, quote, we just follow their lead. If they want to do a club and try a new group for a little bit, we just provide that for them. The naturalist is confident her children will pick up everything they need to know, despite the fact that people panic about her parenting methods because she doesn't force her children to read and write. She went on to share, quote, our son was 10 years old when he began taking an interest in wanting to read and write. He just picked up pen and paper and taught himself. He wasn't bothered about us teaching him. Language is all around them, so they're bound to pick it up. With them not being in a classroom setting, there isn't the pressure to do certain things by a certain age. The family, of course, shares insights into their unique way of life on Instagram and YouTube, where they have to defend themselves at times, but have cultivated a community of similar thinkers and interested viewers. The Allens are well aware of the criticism that many people have about their, quote, crate, lazy, or cruel parenting techniques and lifestyle. But they argue that their ways are actually quite the opposite. You see, the family doesn't like alarm clocks, so they rise naturally, cook whenever the kids are hungry, and actively encourage participation in the household chores, but don't demand them. Quote, we don't have any set limits on anything. However, we have mutual agreements of respect, such as not being too loud when someone is sleeping. They describe their lifestyle as, quote, full-on asserting that not following a strict schedule every... Excuse me, let me try that again. <laughs> they describe their lifestyle as, quote, full-on asserting that not following a strict schedule allows every day to look different and forces them to monitor their children's health and emotions all day long until the kids send themselves to bed. Adele says, quote, we aren't just sending them off to school for teachers to deal with. We have to respond and adapt accordingly to how they're engaging. She also noted that allowing the children to set their own schedules doesn't leave a lot of adults alone time. 
but this is how the Allens prefer it until their children become adults themselves. Uh, well, we don't want the children to spend their life doing what other people are telling them to do. We want them to find their passion and not waste time in their life so that they know they are by the time they get around to having kids. It's not a bad, bad idea if you truly think about it, but I know there are those people that will disagree. If there was a comment section, I would say just uh, answer in the comments, folks. <laughs> anyway, national news. It's next for us around here, of course. When the update Brady Julian continues. From New York, try our delicious free tap water. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. <coughs> Hello? Man, where are you? This wedding is lit. I thought you were coming. Ooh, I can't. I'm in bed with the flu. <coughs> the flu? You didn't get a flu shot? Uh, <clears throat> I wish I did. I can't believe I'm missing out on Greg's wedding. Grandma's about the crowd, sir. Grandma's about the what? <coughs> what? Man, I'll call you back. <coughs> oh, man. <coughs> Sounds like another case of flu FOMO. Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. It keeps you protected and also protects your loved ones. Protecting our community can't wait. So why get stuck inside with a flu? Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. From New York, rated MA for language, violence, and sexual activity. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Raina Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of June for us around here. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Uh, let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. We're going to begin down in Miami. Well, the former president has pleaded not guilty to federal charges alleging that he hoarded classified documents detailing sensitive military secrets and schemed to thwart government efforts to get them back. Trump appeared before a judge in Miami's federal courthouse yesterday. He's the first former president charged with federal crimes. Authorities say that Trump schemed and lied to block the government from recovering the documents concerning nuclear programs and other sensitive military secrets stored at his Mar-a-Lago estate. It's the second criminal case that Trump faces as he seeks to reclaim the White House next year. He's also accused in New York State Court, of course, uh, of falsifying business records related to hush money payments during the 2016 campaign. In other news, we're going to go out to the American West in Seattle, Washington. 
Well, Amazon's its computing unit, Amazon Web Services, experienced an outage yesterday, affecting publishers that suddenly found themselves unable to operate their sites. The company said on its website that the root cause of the issue was tied to a function called AWS Lambada, which lets customers run code for different types of applications. Roughly two hours after customers began experiencing errors, the company posted on its AWS status page that many of the affected AWS services were, quote, fully recovered, and it was continuing to recover the rest. Soon after 6.30 in the evening, the company announced all AWS services were operating normally. Down in the Big Easy in New Orleans, longtime pastors of two churches have made their final appeals to Southern Baptists, asking for their churches to be let back into denomination after being ousted for having women pastors. Rick Warren, the founding pastor of Saddleback Church, gave an impassioned appeal during the Southern Baptist Convention's annual meeting in New Orleans. He asked Southern Baptist Church representatives casting deciding votes to agree to disagree on the issue. The Reverend Linda Barnes Popham of Fern Creek Baptist Church in Louisville made a similar appeal to rejoin the convention. The results of the vote will be announced today, the final day of the two-day event. And back out west in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Prosecutors there are accusing the weapons supervisor on the film set where Alec Baldwin shot and killed the cinematographer, Elena Hutchins, of drinking and smoking marijuana in the evenings during the filming of Rust. They say she was likely hung over when she loaded a live bullet into the revolver. They leveled the accusations on Friday in response to a motion filed last month by Hannah Gutierrez Reeds' attorneys seeks to dismiss the involuntary manslaughter charge. Gutierrez Reeds' attorney said yesterday that the prosecution's case is weak and they're resorting to character assassination claims. Prosecutors also said in the filing that they expect to decide within the next 60 days whether to recharge Baldwin himself. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the Update of Brandon Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Let's face it, life looks a little different. During these times, we're doing our best to keep our minds and bodies strong. And getting a flu shot helps us stay healthy, so we don't miss out on what matters. Like having game night at home. Yeah, can't do that while sick with the flu. Now imagine family movie night that your daughter can't live without. Well, that's ruined. And don't forget your uncle's socially distanced cookout. (coughs) See, that's why it's important to be at our strongest. Every year, millions of people in the U.S. get the flu. Especially now, no one has time to miss out on moments that matter. So get your flu shot. Find out more at getmyflushot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Update Brain and Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of June for us around here. 
Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we are talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to head out to Los Angeles, where prosecutors have charged a city councilman there with embezzlement and perjury in the latest criminal case to upend the scandal-plagued governing board of the nation's second-largest city. Current Price Jr. faces five counts of grand theft by embezzlement, three counts of perjury, and two counts of conflict of interest. That's according, of course, to the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. The council, of course, has been rocked by a series of scandals and resignations among the members. Mayor Karen Bass's office said in a statement that she had not seen the charges, but was, quote, saddened by this news. In other news, the first grade teacher who was shot by her six-year-old student in Virginia no longer works now for the school system that employed her. Newport News Public Schools said yesterday that Abby Zwerner had resigned. Her separation became official on Monday. Zwerner's departure comes more than two months after, the, after she sued the district for $40 million dollars and accused school officials of gross negligence. Zwerner suffered serious injuries from the shooting and has endured multiple surgeries. Jeffrey Bright is an attorney for Zwerner. He told WAVY-TV yesterday that Zwerner was fired. The school system may refute that claim. It released previous emails in which Zwerner declared her intent to resign. Up north in Madison, Wisconsin, Republican lawmakers there are planning to cut funding for the University of Wisconsin campuses. As the GOP-controlled legislature and officials continue to clash over efforts to promote diversity and inclusion, the EW system wants to pay for more diversity programs on campus from a pool of nearly $115 million in general funding it requested over the next two years. Assembly Speaker Robin Vos, the state's top Republican, said yesterday that he wants to cut all spending on diversity initiatives in the university's budget. The fight is mirroring a broader cultural battle playing out nationally over college diversity efforts. And finally... Starbucks, they are denying the union organizers' claims that it is banning pride displays in its U.S. stores in the wake of Target and other brands experiencing a backlash. But Starbucks, Starbucks Workers United, the union organizing U.S. Starbucks stores, says that store managers around the country have been curtailing or removing displays during a months-long celebration, of course, of LGBTQ plus people. In some cases, workers were told that pride displays were a safety concern, citing the recent incidents at Target. Starbucks says that there has been no change to its policy, and it encourages store leaders to celebrate pride in June. To let you guys ponder on this, as we say, in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Wednesday, June the 14th, 2023. That is the update on this Wednesday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. And in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby, 
and Bill Butel. Hopefully that your news, folks, will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, please be well. I will see all of you right back here tomorrow for officially the halfway point of the month of June in the big town. See you then.